the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round one on round one today shelly carroll is here toronto city councillor patrick harris former john tory campaign manager now at rubicon strategies and amanda galbraith is here principal at navigator host of free for all fridays good morning everybody and uh i'm presuming of course that you saw some or all of the debate or you've read accounts and looked at highlights. Uh, Shelley Carroll, it should be said, you are backing Anna Bailao, I believe, but it doesn't mean you don't have other observations about what you've seen. Yep, I observed the debate uh, uh, last night. Um, it, it really is just sort of observation because there were no big changes in anybody's campaign last night. Um, it, it should come as no surprise to anyone that uh, the, 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 the game is to pounce on Olivia Chow. Uh, interesting thing, she's trying to do a thing that I'm a fan of, but it's not going very well for her. We would love to get back to speaking less about numbers and just um, describe and envision the city we think everyone wants and we all get on board and say, yes, let's work for that vision. We'll work out the numbers together collaboratively later, but it's not going that well for her because I think the city is in such a struggling position right now that people are saying, no, we're all struggling at home, so we want the numbers. Okay, in uh, thrillers, Patrick Harris, you often see a little red laser dot on somebody when they're, they're the target, and you would have seen five of them last night on Olivia Chow. Oh, totally. And, you know, the glove certainly came off as it as it relates to Olivia. I think there was uh, a, obviously a lot of uh, a lot of focus on her and her tax policies. And she didn't really to be fair, she didn't really answer the question. It's a question that, you know, in the past, mayoral candidates have had pretty clear answers on. And so I think it's going to be a theme we're going to be seeing uh, over the next few weeks as we get closer to June 26th. Uh, but the bigger thing, I think, John, is like nobody's paying attention to this race right now. And so for any real movement to be made in the polls, uh, the public really needs to tune in. And so that's the thing I'm going to be looking for in the next couple of weeks is just to see if the engagement goes up, because that's when we can have a real race. Yeah, Amanda, I think it's a bit like when we were in university and you'd finish your essay at the last minute and slide it under the teacher's door. That's probably where we're going to be in this campaign. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hopefully they don't email that some relative died like I used to do to get a couple extra days. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> your grandma already died earlier this semester, Miss Galbraith. I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, so I agree. I, I've been Patrick's bang on. Right. Is that people are not paying attention. Um, you know, yesterday was a beautiful day. Um, I think if you could be on a patio versus watching a mayoral debate. Um, you did that. I for myself caught the last episode of Ted Lasso. I'll be totally honest. Um, but no I did. Spoilers, please. Oh, but anyway, I cried. It was excellent. Um, <laughs> I, I also I also will cry a little bit for democracy. People don't tune in more. But I do think like the last week or two, everyone's going to be like, OK, I have to kind of take this seriously now. Let me take a look. Um, I was heartened to see the candidates, I think, focus a little bit more on Olivia Chow and her tax policy, because I think there's lots of landmines in there that, um, you know, either way you want to vote, people need to focus on uh, because, you know, is it 300 million? Is it 400 million? Is it 200? Like, we don't know. Right. And she's not answering, which is a typical Olivia Chow tactic, but she needs to be held for account for it. And I think the more that happens, the more you'll see her support degrade. Parliament voted yesterday to, I guess, ask David Johnston to leave or to ask the prime minister to fire him. And also Parliament called for an official public inquiry. Uh, Amanda, I'll start with you on this one. Then David Johnston issued a statement saying, I'm not leaving. And I just I can't I don't know why he's digging in. Wouldn't it be so much easier just go ride a horse in, in the country for for the rest of the summer? 
it totally would be a lot easier not to have anything to do with this for for him and anyone around him. Uh, But I think candidly, that probably speaks to the character of who he is um, as a person, which, you know, he took on this um, crop sandwich. I can't say the other word on air. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think he's an honorable person and he's going to see it through. Um, You know, should he have taken it on in the first place? Probably not. Um, But I do think he will do his level best uh, at it. Um, I also, you know, we say a lot when you might work at Navigator, um, the worst thing about going through a firewall is stopping halfway. So if you've taken this job and you've decided to do it, quitting now means you take all of the negatives associated with it and none of the positives, right? Which is you finish it at least and you deliver the thing and hopefully there's some redemption in the end. You know, obviously this isn't David Johnson's fault, um, but, you know, as mentioned earlier, I think unfortunately he will be um, collateral damage uh, to a certain degree. So how he handles the next couple of months is really important. Okay. Patrick Harris, I, I think Amanda's right in her analysis that uh, that famous expression from uh, the West Wing, I serve with the pleasure of the president. I think he right. thinks I was appointed by Trudeau. I work for Trudeau. He can fire me if he wants, but I'm not quitting. Yep, and I and I think that's I think that's right, and I think it's sort of the approach that he's taken, but it's it's really ignoring sort of the the public sentiment and and what's happening in with with Canadians right now. I mean, the the politics of this for the government are just uh, are very bad, and you know, there's an old saying in politics that I really like, which is you know when you're dealing with issues like this, figure out where it ends and go there now. And the government is, you know, letting this, uh, letting the layers of the onion uh, be shown. And it's 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 not a good look at all. So they've really got to get ahead of this. Otherwise, they're going to continue to play uh, defense uh, for for the near future. Did just quickly, John, I don't know if uh, if folks saw Aaron O'Toole's speech to uh, Parliament after he got briefed by CSIS. But like what David Johnston said and what Aaron O'Toole was briefed on, it's like they're two completely different things. And so uh, I do think that uh, that they need to get ahead of it and they should figure this out. Shelley. Yeah, and th- that that CSIS issue is the is the biggest problem here. I think David Johnson is taking the high road and saying I'm going to continue this job because what's still being struggled with is a public inquiry follows certain steps that are all going to be challenging because we're talking about CSIS. What do you divulge? What do you not divulge? Yeah. And 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 because some of it stays uh, classified, what then do people who testify get to say that starts to contradict? contradict one another. It's all open to interpretation. So it's still being worked out how you would have a public inquiry, but the PM has got to make that clear to the public. Otherwise, it really is just going to be about public sentiment, and it really should be about some of the actual real challenges. So it seems like a bit of a shakedown operation, but Stellantis is going to get its way. The feds in the province arriving at a deal to sweeten the pot. Um, Patrick Harris, I don't know what the math on this is, but 13 billion dollars is a lot to bribe a company to do business with you. <laughs> it is it's a lot of money and you know i don't think that uh that anyone in government uh you know particularly enjoys uh doing these types of things but they're they're necessary in today's economy and if we didn't do it the the plant would open up somewhere else and and the companies certainly have you know a lot of leverage in these situations and they have jurisdictions from all over the world attracting them and what we found in some previous times is that you know the 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 great ontario uh people and the workforce and the education system and the healthcare system is really good to get companies interest but they need that extra push 
and so I think what the government has determined, both the provincial and federal government, is that we'd rather be on the cutting edge of the EV battery uh, sector, especially given our proximity to the critical minerals that make it. And so I think it's just one of those things that we really need to uh, really need to sort of plug our nose and just uh, get on with it. Yeah. I, Shelley Carroll, I forget which level of government he directed it at, but the mayor of Windsor said, if you guys botch this deal, you'll never have another member of your party elected here again. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is all about jobs and economic development had just got incredibly competitive because of the, the post-pandemic economy. Uh, um, a, a matching credit, uh, in fact, a better credit, exists in the United States. And if we want these jobs, we have to enter that competitive market for jobs. And I think that's going to be the case for some time to come because we're we're still trying to figure out what the world of work is, let alone in, in white-collar work, let alone having good jobs and plants that people can go to. And if we're going to keep our economy going, we have to do this. What I understand about the deal, though, is that if if the incentives elsewhere in in some of our competitor markets start to go down, this deal is structured so that it gradually goes down as well, and we phase ourselves out of it. And that's important because we can do these things, but they have to have a wind down. We can't forego taxes and and uh, and expect uh, uh, residence taxes to prop up the country indefinitely. So hopefully, there's lots of sundown clauses in this that keep it uh, competitive, and yet we get to withdraw if the other countries are withdrawing from the whole tax credit for economic development market. I want to leap to a few other things because clocks are ticking. Amanda Galbraith is the 1st of June, so we're now into Pride Month. Last night, a player for uh, the Blue Jays was booed for having done some unpopular things a while back on the internet. But I'd also note that there have been some fights over flags, including one um, school trustee who referenced the Nazi flag and said that they were comparable. It just doesn't seem like the same joyous Pride Month it used to be. You know, it's it's really unfortunate. And I mean, I love I, I, I don't know how to say it. Pride is my favorite time of year. Like, I love pride. I love the pride parade. I love going to it. I've marched in it several times. Um, I think Pride Month is like a really positive, wonderful experience. I'm going to take my son to like a, a drag story time. Um, uh, but I think, yeah, there's certainly more voices. It feels like or maybe we're paying more attention to them on the negative side of it. And it really is a time where we should be together to celebrate. Um, and I hope that overcomes things. I think the school board stuff is absolutely ridiculous and there should just be a rule that comes down from the province that these are the flags we post and these are the flags we don't post. And that's that. Um, having their own little fiefdoms just makes no sense to me. And as to the Jays pitcher being booed, good. He should be booed. I think the fans should say this is not acceptable. That was a very nice statement you put out yesterday, but we all know what you really think. And uh, you know, this is how we feel about you. Good riddance. Props to Stephen Lecce because he did actually in the House yesterday say that what is going on in the York Catholic District School Board cannot grow. It must stop. Well, break it up then. Break and, them all uh, up. Yes. Uh, they're, they're actually uh, nailing nails into the coffin of having a Catholic school board system if this continues. And and he, he came just short of saying exactly that in the House yesterday. So I was really pleased to see that. Yeah. Patrick Harris, this uh, being Pride Month is also the beginning of a month of me getting texts saying, where's my straight pride parade? <laughs> right. And uh, just, just uh, back on the, uh, on, on, I agree with Shelley. I think uh, what Minister Lecce did uh, yesterday, I think was, was powerful. Uh, and as it relates to the Blue Jays pitcher, 
uh, like this guy's either going to have to channel his inner Mariano Rivera or he's going to be on a fast ticket out of town. Um, and I don't know when professional athletes are going to learn, but like, just don't tweet. It's There's nothing good that comes from it. Um, not a lot of time left, but uh, Gen Z, according to a new poll, thinks you need to make $100,000 a year to live comfortably. Uh, Amanda, perhaps not surprising because, I mean, you know, rent's out of control. Houses are unaffordable. I don't know how any young person lives. I, I have no clue. When, I mean, when I, I was thinking back to this when I saw this story, I graduated university um, 20 plus years ago. <laughs> Uh, my rent was, we split like a two bedroom among three people. It was like 350 bucks each. And I made 35,000 a year, 32,000. That's what like, I'm probably now. Like that's what I made. And I, I felt like I lived a really good life. Um, I do not think in any way, shape or form, someone making anywhere near that now would, would feel the same way. And I have no clue, um, you know, how families are raised on $60,000, $70,000, especially in, in the city. So, um, yeah, it's it's not, not surprising to me, um, and I think it's a real wake-up call on wages and how things cost now. It's, it's out of control. We're going to have to call it there, but my thanks to all of you. Amanda Galbraith, Shelley Carroll, Patrick Harris on round one. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.